Hey everybody, Aaron here. Welcome to The Forecast. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is not your first time, you're coming back to listen to us again. Thanks so much for joining us. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced every other Thursday. We are a group of guys who love discussing all kinds of things from video games to board games to film to TV to just things that we encounter throughout our everyday lives and just sitting around and discussing that uh, is absolutely amazing and fun to us. So uh, that's what we get to do every other Thursday. Uh, if you'd like to really learn more about what we do, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash We Are The Horizon Community. You can also check out our website at wearethehorizon.com uh, for a lot of additional content, such uh, or a lot of additional content such as uh, podcasts from the past, as well as video content and some additional things that are pretty cool. Uh, everything that we talk about in our cast, we also push out to uh, our cast notes, which gets pushed out to whatever podcasting app that you use. Now, we're going to be looking back on some past casts that our group has absolutely loved. While we're working on some upcoming podcasts with some very specific content that we're excited about, we'd really like to give everyone a quick flashback into some past casts so you can experience some of our favorites with us. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. And like I said before, we're really working on some upcoming podcasts that we are very excited about. Uh, but we also want to explore with you some podcasts that we did in the past that we absolutely loved. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the forecast. Hey, I didn't realize we'd started recording. Episode. Yes, we have. I'm very <laughs> excited. Uh, episode 48, also known as the Doki Doki Destiny yes. Club cast. Yeah, boy. Uh, the forecast is a bi weekly podcast produced every other Thursday. We're a group of people who just like exploring all kinds of things from video games to board games to film and entertainment. Uh, just from random games things that come to our mind. Shooters. From dating sims to shooters. Thank you, Frank. It's perfect. Should I just redesign this whole thing around Doki Doki? I was Destiny about to say, Club? the bad news is yeah. I'm only going to talk about Doki Doki from now on. So, <laughs> Like in every podcast? Yes. Oh, okay. In every conversation from now on, it's going to come up. Okay, yeah, well, you're just, you're just going to be like, you know, like... This that game is cool, but like I just real feel I really feel like Doki Doki did it better. It's, yeah, no matter no. what it is, Jake, it's a it's a competitive third person cover based shooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, no, but just hear me out. <laughs> okay, wait a second. Uh, in case you want to check us out, you can check us out at facebook.com forward slash the horizon community, or you can check out our website at wethehorizon.com. Uh, all of our links we put in the cast notes, which also gets pushed out to whatever podcasting app that you use. Now, now we can talk about things. Oh, but, excellent. Yes. Uh, but actually, before we started talking about the two most important things we're going to talk about today, since we usually do what have you been playing lately, and we've literally been playing all kinds of things lately, because we just it's got done with our 24-hour stream, I thought I'd just ask everyone what the best game from the 24-hour stream was. Ooh. Well, we played mm. Original Sin 2, so like... You know, one of my top five games of all time. <laughs> you did play Doki Doki. I played a lot of Doki Doki. So Caleb's voting for Original Sin 2. Okay, yeah, Jake, I, I mean, already just, knew what Jake's you know, answer was. It's, it's Doki Doki. <laughs> Pretty sure I... Well, actually, I don't know what Frank's answer is. Frank. Um, I had a... I'd say the most fun 
that I had was right in that like three hour window where we played stick fight the game. <clears throat> um, That's one game, Frank. You can only name one game. Just say the segment of three hours was great. No, okay. You didn't let me finish. Jesus. It was a long day. I had to remember. It was was a long day for you? Shut up. What time did you get up? Stick fight the game. Um, Freaking The Hidden and uh, Human Fall Flat. First of all. That was well more than a three-hour period, what you just described. Whatever, dude. Second of all, when I said best freaking game, I meant Uno 1. Oh, we all had to answer Uno? Yes. Specifically the game Uno, unless it's sorry. But we did for 20 hours, actually. Wow. It was most of the day. Very impressive. Oh, man. Uh, Alex? (laughs) What? Uh, Alex? Alex? Alex. I think he's very distracted by a puppy. at me. Yeah. <laughs> She's just looking at me from the ground, like, pick me up. Aww. <laughs> oh, did you pick her up? Yeah, I've got her now. Oh, okay. Um, I had a ton of fun in Human Fall Flat and in our uh, Destiny Trials run. Really? Yeah. Wait, the good run or the bad run? The good part of it. The good, <laughs> the three that we won. Okay. okay. You know, we did have a nice 55 minute long mission in Hell. Oh, Divers. yeah. That was probably the worst. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Yuck. It was 55 so minutes long. single mission in Helldivers. Did Frank tell you it was going to be like 20 minutes long? No. <laughs> no. Guys, come join me for a 20 minute mission. Though usually I'm... they're not 50 minutes long. Um, I'm gonna vote also for some Human Fall Flat. I thought that game was absolutely amazing, especially with the right? people. Just like the the large size and just trying to figure out puzzles. I just thought it was great. I think the best part was using the speedboat, and then we just look over, and there's a snowman <laughs> rowing a rowboat. He's just like flailing, but he's yeah. still rowing very effectively. Yeah, every time you would you would pull the rows or the oars back in order to row forward, your body it looked like you were like doing a sprint from an anime. You were like leaned like super far forward, <laughs> and your arms were just like freaking straight back. Fantastic! It was great. Yeah, the game's a lot of fun. Well, uh, if you didn't know, we did a twenty-four hour stream. Stream surprise, we did a twenty-four hour stream. Uh, you can go check out. We have a uh, extra life page where we donate to um, local hospitals for kids. So you can check that out. I'll put a link in the in the podcast notes. But uh, how how much did it end up? Um, uh, I think around seven hundred. Damn. It wasn't as good as last year. Actually, I have I haven't even donated my own. Yeah, I was yet, about so. to say I totally forgot to set any of that up ahead of time. So <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't given anything passed, yet personally. Um, we passed eight hundred last I checked. Okay, we're at eight fifteen. Wow, that's pretty good. Well, either way, I'll put it in the notes. If you want to donate, oh, please yeah. do. It doesn't go to us. Uh, it goes to some kids. So that's uh, pretty cool. Actually, I think are we still doing the KU Med Center here in Kansas City? Does anybody know? I am. Okay. Oh, you are. I think everybody does it separately. I couldn't remember if we did it as a group. Yeah, we we select our own local stuff. I think I'm like UVA Children's Hospital. Mm. Not as good as KU Med, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, because the the kids (laughs) are like, wait, you're just gonna walk up to someone else's hospital, be like. You fucking suck. <laughs> yes, Frank. That's what I'm going to do. The kids over in KU, whip your ass. 
Um, so let's get into the two important things, the very important topics from today's podcast. Honestly, I'm sad Owen's not here. About for like three weeks. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised weeks. he's not. Where the heck is that guy? He said he was going to be here. Here, do we want? I could call him. F- feel free. Okay. Um, or just send him a text. It doesn't matter. But I've called cast. And let's. No, is that what we're going to do? We're going <laughs> to we're going to have it up to yeah. the microphone and make yeah. the call. Perfect. Wonderful. I'm not doing um, that. Let's start with let's start just talking about Doki Doki Literature Club. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. I assume Jake, we should just let Jake lead off with this because Yo, there's... okay. Hey, wait, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, Yo, before we on. get into this. Aaron, it's... can you like insert a timestamp in here? Like post uh a podcast? Time stamp? Yeah, like a timestamp. Like pop one. Yeah, in just here throw it up vocally. on the screen. Why and do you want a timestamp? That way people For know spoilers. to not be spoiled where they can jump to to listen to the rest of the podcast. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Okay, big, big, big spoiler alert. I'll put a timestamp in. <laughs> spoiler! Yo, but actually, if you haven't nice. played it, after. it's amazing and it's free. Yeah. So go get it. Free and it's on Steam. Steam. Yeah. It's also very, like, spoilers about it are a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't look it so, up if you don't want to be spoiled. Don't look it up. Just play it. It's about if a four absolutely hour. don't care. Then it's I about guess a four-hour so, commitment. Doki Doki is a top-down, isometric, <laughs> resource-based oh milsim. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everyone who listens knows not to listen to you anymore. Hopefully. <laughs> <about laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, no. Jake. Tell us about Doki Doki. So it's a dating simulator. And at first, it's really, really generic. But then it transforms into a surrealist horror game, and it's amazing. It's my favorite game I've played in a long time. It's, it's just mind-blowingly good. Can we jump back just for That's one so second to the dating sim part? When yeah. you guys told me to play this game and then I downloaded it, I literally was like, I'm sure you could imagine me like leaning over my keyboard, staring at the computer, reading this, going, what? <laughs> I gotta Am be honest, sure. when I pitched it to Caleb and Alex, I went, no one's gonna play this. No <laughs> one's gonna play it, but I'm gonna tell them about it because it's so cool. And really what sold it for me was looking at the Steam user-generated tags, where it said, like, anime, dating sim, psychological horror. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought, okay, yeah, I could, hmm, I could play maybe this Maybe there's something going on there. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, ahead, I, I was just like reading through some of the Steam reviews before I decided to play it, and everybody's just like, "This is the greatest game of the year." <laughs> yeah. Like, this is this. If this isn't your GOTY, then I'm smarter than you, and you don't know how to make <laughs> proper decisions in your life. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, oh. so I was like, "Oh wow, this is, this got to be something here." So, I don't, I don't know what. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like I just I think I love this game. I think everything about it's absolutely brilliant. I think it it is a <clears throat> it's definitely a like new type of new type of genre that we might see a lot more of soon. This kind of like metagame subversion of expectations sort like, of I immediately thought of Frog Fractions. Yeah, when yeah, when that's I was playing a good it. one. Uh, Undertale came to mind a lot when I was playing it, but mm, yeah. no one here would really know about that. <laughs> um, but it, it does kind of a similar thing where it sets you up thinking, you know, like it goes the whole game like A, 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 and then suddenly it's like B, and it's this crazy. It, it's also kind of between that and Undertale, they're both games that know their games, kind of. 
like kind of fourth wall breaky, but not in like a jokey, obnoxious way. Like the story itself is kind of contingent on it, which right. is really, really interesting to me. I think these, just that whole di- whole idea of genre. Um, at one point we were talking about, and we still may eventually do a podcast about um, sort of design elements of board games, video games. And one of the topics we had selected was experimental games. Mm. Um, and on that list, we had things like exactly what you're talking about. Oh, my freaking goodness, Owen. Hi. Hi, buddy. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Sorry about that. I was grabbing Chinese food and completely didn't notice the time. Uh-huh. 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 I thought about sending you the podcast, or sending you a text that said, didn't we say this podcast was supposed to start at 7 o'clock oh p.m.? You should have. Eastern time? You should have. <laughs> thought about it. Uh, anyway, so the experimental tag, there was also that, whatever that game was, I can't remember, but you were playing as the farmer. Moira, yeah. Yeah. Um, just kind of like right along the same veins of you're playing something that feels nothing like what it actually is. Until you actually get to that stage, and then you realize what you've been playing the whole time. Yeah, right. playing, playing this game one shot recently, mm-hmm. which is sort of fourth wall breaking, and it even tells you that you need to play the game in windowed mode, which I think <laughs> is interesting. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So, <clears throat> I keep walking us through it, Jake, because you clearly have played the most of any. Of I have, yeah. No, I I think I've <laughs> seen pretty much everything it has to offer. Um. Actually, I'm curious, what did you think, Aaron? Because we, we haven't actually spoken about it almost at all. Yeah. So I wanted to hear what you thought overall. Um, let's see. I hated the first hour and probably 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely despised fair. every second of it. Yeah. I kid you not, kinda... when I was leaning over the keyboard and I'm just like mashing the space bar and reading as fast as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah, when, I, when I was watching Jake's videos that he was posting up on YouTube, I was trying to figure out why anyone liked it because that first like four or five episodes of his it's just nothing but this like very dull average game that i was like why is everyone flipping shit about this and it wasn't until what episode nine ten ten yeah that i was like oh oh this is why yeah no because i mean even even though they are just like generic, it sets the scene so perfectly. So because well. even at the very beginning, it comes up with a warning that's like, "Hey, if you're under thirteen or easily disturbed, maybe you shouldn't play this game." Mm-hmm. But then it starts, and it's like that warning's really weird because this game is not that game. <laughs> but then, like two hours in, it's like, "Oh, this game is that game. Mm-hmm. This game is very much that game." It's I guess we already said spoilers, but right. like. <laughs> So the game sets up in those two hours. You've got, like, your fairly generic tropey characters. You've got, like, the introverted shy one, the Sundare one, your childhood friend, and then, like, the popular girl. And your childhood friend, like, kills herself. And it's super graphic and intense. And the game just, like, stops. Like, that's it. it like, if you try to exit, it comes up and says, no, like, you can't get out of this. But then... I didn't know that that happened. You could try to close the game and it doesn't let you. I didn't know that either until earlier today. I was looking through just a bunch of secrets to see what all I missed. Yeah, and it's just like... I I, I don't remember what it says exactly. But uh, same thing if you try to load an earlier save. Mm -hmm. Because I imagine a lot of people tried to do that after this. They were like, yo, I need to undo this. It says, oh, the Sayori character file is not found. It's corrupted. You have to start a new game. So you start a new game. And it's all the same. But... The Sayori character is just corrupted. Like, 
she's the first character you talk to, and it comes up, and it's just garbage text with, like, a really, um, like, a chopped up and scattered picture. It's just nonsense. It's like artifacting. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what I was trying (laughs) to get at. And then the game just slowly goes down into, like, this psychological horror thing. Like, everyone still acts like everything's fine, but it's clearly, like, not. Like, characters start speaking in, like, this thickly outlined black text and saying all this fucked up shit about each other. I think the, like, realization moment that something was going on, clearly after the horror part, when you go back into sort of the second iteration, is when you come across this, because you're looping, essentially, in time. Mm -hmm. The game starts again. Right. So... What really broke it down for me is when they started arguing about who was going to get your attention. Yes. And it went like well beyond where it went last time. Mm-hmm. And at that point in the game, I was kind of like, at that point, I was interested, but I still was kind of like, well, I don't even know what this is. So I was still was like spacing bar through. And then I was like reading the text and I'm like, okay, this is, this is not, okay, well, uh, sure. This is not what I expected. And so it really changed the feeling of the game at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like start cussing each other out and like yeah. tearing apart each other's character oh, flaws. And like telling each other to like kill themselves and shit like that. Like it was already if you when I was going through it the first time, there were some things that I just felt like were off in their poems mm. and like things that they were saying to each other. And I was like, that seems kind of ominous and slightly creepy, but whatever, it's like a fun cutesy game. But that second time, after seeing Sayori die, it's just like, nope, none of this is cute. All of this is terrifying. Yeah, actually, I think one of my favorite moments of that is the first time the club president, Monica, is talking about, like, oh, you know, if you have any issues, I'm always listening. And at first it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, she's got, like, an open-door policy coming with any issue, but, like, she's literally always watching. Like... Or- or when she says you're about to make a big decision, you should save your game. Yes. Oh, wait, what am I saying? I shouldn't. What, what am I talking about? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> or when One she tells really... you that you should have checked on Sayori, you really left her hanging there. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. That oh. Christ. <laughs> uh. And she has a couple poems that don't really make much sense unless you've already played the game all the way through. And then the second time you play it through, you like sort of read them and understand what they mean. It's really yeah, cool. like all of her poems, not maybe not all, but most of them are about them. her realization that she's a character in a game right. and that she's basically trapped in there with no, basically scripted characters. And it's mm-hmm. really interesting rereading them and having that in mind and being like, oh, that's what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. That and how she's like come to love you as. And, like, you, not the character, oh. but the person playing the game. Can we talk about that moment at the end? <laughs> so, fast-forwarding a bit towards the end of the game, um, another character basically becomes obsessed with you and ends up killing herself as well. Uh, but then Monica goes, you know what? This isn't working. I'm just going to make this nice and clean. She deletes all the other characters, all the other environments, and it's just you and her alone in a room. And she's talking not to your character, but to you, the player. And so I, when I was going through, I was just having fun with it because I thought it was just like a retarded game. So I named my guy just like Butts Guy, just like whatever, some stupid name. And then Monica's looking and she's like, I'm not talking to Butts Guy, I'm talking to you, but that's probably not your real name. Is it Jake? And I went, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like I legitimately like screamed. Like the game knew my real name. Yeah, when that happened to me, 
I was like Alex and Caleb were here while I was playing through it and most of what I was saying the whole time was just like what the fuck <laughs> what? How did you know but, what your name was? I think it looks up your computer name or maybe your well, Steam yeah, profile. Yeah, I think it looks up your computer name. Well, that's funny because my computer name is not what it told me in game. That's, yeah. that's my yeah. Steam profile name. Because mm. it didn't say Aaron, it said A. Juno. And I was like, oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's so you got, bit. and the problem was I named my character Aaron. I just named it after myself, uh, so I didn't yeah. have nearly the same impact that you guys clearly did from her saying. That. Well, here's here's the here's the other thing was that I had just I did the same thing. I put my own name in as Frank, and then she was like, "Oh, but that's not that's probably not your real name, it, is it? Or do some people call you Frankie?" And I was like, some people do call me Frankie. <laughs> See, it was funny because my game, my, my run through, I used Jake's name. And so it was like, oh, hey, it's here's this person's name. And then I was like, that's probably not you. And I was like, how the fuck do you know? What is going on? Do you, know? you regularly play games as Jake? I mean, it was just Jake introduced me to it. So I just put him into the game. Because I kept hearing all of the voices of all the and characters playing... as Jake. Are you like Caleb, where you create all of the, like, the characters in your game from friends that oh, you know? I'm not talking about XCOM here. Well, you were playing <laughs> on stream, and you had a character named Tim, didn't you? And that then, was my like... second run. I was, I mean, yeah. I was like, I started as Jake, and that's when I was like, oh, this is some crazy shit. And then I but, like the stream thing was Tim. So the second run, you did it on stream and so you had obs opened and it didn't do the name thing instead it started complaining about how you're recording yes. her without her consent yeah what? it did that was yeah. interesting so it knows if you're streaming it checks for obs and xsplit on your computer and it'll com she'll complain about recording her without her consent and like she'll say hi to the chat and uh yeah and she was like it's really rude to videotape someone without their permission and i was just like how do you know? <laughs> what the shit? And it doesn't do the name thing. I think it doesn't do the name thing because it's trying to do like some sort of privacy thing. Like if it actually did it say your sense. real name and you didn't want to and you were like streaming it live or something. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool how it pulls those little pieces out. just kind of messes with you. I really like that because it uses it one one time through the whole mm -hmm. game. And it's so powerful because it only uses it that one. Super effective. Yeah. Like... The game is entirely like patience driven. Like those moments are so powerful because it's they hold it back for so long. Mm -hmm. Like you have to go through the first like two hours of just like nothing. Yeah, to get any payoff. Yeah, exactly. Because like the entire time you're just like sitting there, like yeah, okay, okay, uh huh. Oh, you like <laughs> me? That's cool. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll read your poem. Uh huh. And then that shit happens, you're like, what, like, my level of what the fucks just increased in intensity as I got closer and closer to the end of the game, to when she was like, where do you go by Frankie? Nowhere on my computer is the name Frankie, anywhere. <laughs> my computer isn't named that, Steam profile, like, I don't fucking know. But it just, just like, said that, and I was just like, no, no. No, we're done. There's <laughs> like that, and then there's like tons of little things with like the file system. Yeah. Like you pretty much had to play it windowed mode because there's stuff going on in the game folder the whole time. Like, I didn't you know probably this don't. Yeah, I didn't know that until you pointed it out oh. at the end of my stream that you're like, hey, 
uh, you need to actually do stuff with the files. There's just like little things. Like you're supposed to recognize it the first time when Sayori gets deleted, and then like in the background it says something about a traceback.txt. Yeah, the game actually crashes right when that happens. Yeah. It doesn't kick you out though. I think it resets oh, it itself does reset internally. Yeah. Okay. But it, it does look like it crashes. Mm-hmm. But it's got like a traceback.txt file. And then instantly I was like, I wonder if that's a real file. And I went and looked for it. It is. And it was. So there's like a whole bunch of like code mumbo jumbo in that file about like a crash and all this stuff. But then there's also just like plain text English when it's like crashing so bad that it just says like, hmm, this really isn't working. Uh, maybe I'll just delete her entirely or something. Or like it says yeah, something like no, that. Yeah, that's it exactly. And it says, uh, and, then, uh, and it's it's interesting that you saw that and you were going for, I wonder if this is real. And you were looking at the like the coding and tech stuff because mm-hmm. I was doing that with the book references because they were like, oh, yeah, I read this book, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like sitting oh, right. here and on the stream. I was, you know, like Googling the book names and stuff to see if they were like real books to see if that would like give some sort of insight into like a reference to something. And I wonder if you could have hit spoilers not. like that, because I don't think that those are real. So I probably just pulled up Doki Doki stuff. Yeah, all, all of the books that they mentioned are not real. There's it's some stuff this. with the one that Yuri reads that people are trying to figure out. Well, like, yeah, because in that last part where it's just you and Monica, yeah. she says, you know, it's interesting. That book Yuri mentioned, oh, you know what? I shouldn't say that. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck was she going to say? Yeah. Like, what? What are you plotting? Uh, to sew some appendages onto you, obviously. Well, I've heard... So I've heard, I think it's like... Because if you actually decode the text files, or the character files, rather, there's actually stuff hidden in there. What? So I actually looked this up today. Yuri's If You Decode It in Base 64, I think. Yeah. It's a short mm-hmm. story. about. It's like six Terrifying pages long. Short story. It's crazy. It's about a girl who just decides, you know what would be interesting? If I killed someone... And that's it's just like a short story about that, which is really interesting. She wants uh, to figure out how it feels or something. Yeah, she just wanted to know what it was like. So that that's like a creepypasta short story that's been floating around the internet for like eight years. Oh, is it? And then once this game came out and people decoded that and found out that thing, like uh, what's his name that made the game? Um, Dan Salvato. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, he admitted that he was the original author of that short story. Ah, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> From eight years ago. Yeah. Something like wow. That. Talk about your references. Yeah, like actually. But yeah, then like Natsuki's and I think Monica's are both PNGs, so they're both images. And I, I believe yeah, and one of them is like a character that's not in there. Yeah, I think Natsuki's is some fucked up shit that people have been like doing stuff to, and eventually you get like a weird looking face. I don't yep. know. Yeah. I've heard speculation that it's all leading to his next project. Yeah. Project Libitna. That's the one. So if you decode Monica's character file, it leads to a website that well, has. I think it like, gives you a QR code, or not a QR. Some oh yeah, kind it's of code a that QR code that goes to a website that talks about some other project that, and it mentions 2018. Yeah, at the bottom of the file, there's just one line that says 2018. Clearly. There is a lot more depth to this game than what I realized before being on this podcast. <laughs> this, oh is, God, really? this is a master class of so, like, how to design a game. There's like some other stuff that pops up throughout the game. Like when does um 
the picture happy that you use for yeah happy thoughts the picture that is yes. jake's avatar on steam now yes, is in the is. files sometime during That's the game uh, like right after sari dies right right after it's, she dies i think it might be after the next set of poems it just shows up okay, in there yeah, yeah. that and uh, monica writes you poems yeah which is horrifying that's really uh, scary uh, actually uh, dot text yeah, like the first time I found out about that, again, just like screaming, just like, oh my god, <laughs> she wrote me an actual poem. And then oh. when Yuri dies, a file shows up that's called <laughs> Have a Nice Weekend. Oh god. And that's because you spend an entire weekend with her dead body. As it decays. Yeah, yeah. the oh. body kind of decays a little bit. Fucking and then chills. Like, like the light leaves it gets rise dark. And the blood yeah, the, turns I, I brown. Say, you can see the sun set and rise several the, times. Uh, so you know, the one two days. thing that I hated about that was that I wish they had a clock somewhere mm. because I did not know what was going on and I thought my game just broke. No, <laughs> I think the light is perfect because I definitely had a moment where I was like, "Oh, maybe this is how it ends." Yeah. And then it suddenly got dark, and I went, no, "Yeah, see, I got like it was getting happening. darker, and then it was lighter, but then I was just like." what's going on and i was confused by it yeah i actually but didn't recognize that it if was there was a passing. clock that was moving i would have been like oh i mean okay i guess i said i said out smart, maybe <laughs> not how the long, game for you how long did you guys skip text until you realized you had to not skip text anymore what I read, I read the whole thing you you can you skip, skip the whole thing mine just... was on like perma i had it on for like three or four minutes it goes for a while i mean you got to get through you have to, Friday, all of you have to all skip of while the the light changes for two days. You go through the entire weekend. Mm -hmm. Could have sworn sun, it didn't. The sun well, rises twice or three times or something. I don't. I feel like I didn't do that. I feel like I just exited out and then tried to reload. Really? Oh, I actually I did mm -hmm. that a few times. I during, think it just skips ahead a little bit though. During that part, I realized what was what was happening pretty quickly. And I was just like, don't make me watch this. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like, it was getting to the point where I was like, please let me talk to Monica. Let me with her and just be like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of parts that are like, oh, please don't let me watch this. Yeah. Like, Sayori's death, the part where uh, Yuri's out in the hall. Yeah. And you hear, <laughs> like, excited gasps. And like, like someone sucking air through their teeth, and I'm like, I know what she's doing, and I don't want to walk in on this. No. For the record, yeah, it's when, not some weird sex thing. She's she cuts herself. That's like her thing. When her face no, comes her up and her eyes are, are and are twitching, I was like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> uh, when she gets bug eyes in the closet. Yeah. Oh my dude, I was done. Did anyone <laughs> see Natsuki gets like a human mouth at one point? Yes. Like a realistic oh, human yep. mouth. I know what yep. you're talking screaming. About now. Yes. Screaming. Yeah. Absolutely horrifying. Or when she breaks her neck. Yep. Also horrifying. Terrifying. I was very creeped out and Jake didn't even notice this through his run. Uh I mean maybe you noticed it after I pointed it out to you. But after your like after Sayori dies occasionally in the background one of the posters will flip to sayori's the the scene of sayori uh being hung huh so like every once in a while i would just be like skipping through and i'd look at the background and i was just like that poster used to be of like a periodic table and now it's of sayori dead and it's really creepy and like no one notices they're just like going on their merry way of just like oh yeah the club whatever and i'm just like uh there's there's literally a picture of your dead friend behind you that actually, that might be one of 
the most off-putting things about it is that when it dips into like creepy horrifying nonsense the game just continues on like it's fine yeah. Other than the deaths, which obviously are like a thing, but like when you walk in on Yuri cutting herself, the game literally rewinds itself and then pretends like that didn't happen. It's neat because it yep. removes your ability to control it. Yes. Which I think is one of the aspects about this game that makes it so interesting. You know, mm -hmm. every time we talk about the idea of experimental games, it's always something that breaks the fourth wall. Um, but this one is almost like you're completely out of control. You know, we talk about the. One of our favorite things is the... Monica's the, is in <clears throat> control. Yeah, essentially. But we talk about like Bioshock, like when he starts talking about Would You Kindly and how that's a really mm -hmm. cool wall break, uh, fourth wall break. But this is, seems even further than that in that you literally can't control anything that's going on. It's just forget about what you saw and then continue on forward. Like it's nothing. Nothing happened. Don't worry about it. Well, even following that a little bit further, there's a part in your second like sequence is what we've been calling them because we didn't know what to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a part where it's like, oh, who do you want to hang out with? And it's, oh, you know, yes. Yuri, Natsuki, or Monica. Your mouse literally moves towards Monica on its own. Like, you could just, if you don't touch it, it'll I've, automatically go to Monica. I tried to fight it. I did yes. too. As hard as I could. If yeah. you manage to hit someone else, though, like if you manage to hit Yuri, blank window, just Yuri's disembodied eyes, yep. and Monica, <laughs> the Monica option, about ten times. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. Like scrolls off it the page. It is so creepy. Just Monica. That's where the Just Monica thing comes from. Just Monica, Just Monica, Just Monica, Just Monica. Well, it, Natsuki also says it at one point when you're, um, you're, you show her a poem, and she's talking about, like, oh man, I'm so worried about Yuri, she's acting really weird, and then her face disappears <laughs> and in that creepy ass black text she's like never mind you know what i just decided me and yuri are too fucked up for you you should just hang with monica just monica just <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's when she breaks her neck right no no that's not it mm -mm. no, no i didn't after she's like thing. shouting at you when she does that right yeah so answer me this the only way that you continue on into your second iteration is by Sayuki dying, correct? Sayori. Sayori. Or Sayori, sorry. She dies regardless of what you do in the first sequence. Which is actually another thing I think is very interesting. Because it baits you so hard to be like... Because it even says, like, like, I think Monica says it to you. She's like, you could have saved her, yeah. but you can't. And that's regardless of your choice when you're outside of her house? Mm -hmm. yep. Yes. Does not matter. Yep. Because huh. I, I saw Jake's version of it. Uh, from his video, so I choose the opposite to try to break that and save her, and you can't. You cannot. She dies no matter what. I think it's cool when Monica starts talking about how she didn't really make the characters; she just made their flaws worse and worse as yes. time went on. And I thought that was really interesting. Cool. <sighs> what a game! Yeah, good game. Seriously, <clears throat> I also feel like, like there was there was like one moment that was actually kind of had a nice lesson, where, like you're starting the second sequence after Sayori's gone, and you're just seeing like the lack of Sayori. Just causes the entire group to just like go at each other's throats, mm -hmm. and it's like a, a neat. A neat lesson in like you know like depression's a real thing like it, it affects us all but like even these people that suffer through all this pain 
can like hold this group together or like whatever whatever and like it's totally separate from like everything else i just thought it was like a neat little little thing and little thought in there that i had other than the fact that i was fucking terrified for the rest of it yeah well there's also uh because at the end when it's just you and monica the game just stays there until you do something of just you and monica talking and she is like a ton of things that she says. And one of the things she says is just talking about like how to deal with someone if they have depression. And it's actually like good advice. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Cause you know, this game deals with a lot of heavy topics actually. It, it does, does. And it does so very well. Mm-hmm. Tastefully. <laughs> also got some other cool little secrets like the, the alternate ending where it ends like right in the beginning of the game. Oh yeah. If but, like, you what if you start after, and delete Monica's So we character? didn't even we didn't even talk about how you'd go delete Monica's character to end the game. Yeah. So like she talks about how she deleted the other characters in the game and now it's just you and her. And then she says something about how it was so easy there was just a folder called characters in the game directory and you just delete the character from it. And she's and, like, says something about how you wouldn't do that to her, though. Mm-hmm. Well, but she also says, like, if you haven't gone that far, then she says it's under Steam Apps Common. Yeah. Yeah, the only person that I've seen that needed that little bit of help right, was Owen. Yeah. Like, I, was, I knew it was somewhere <laughs> in my, like, I was, like, opening through the folders, like, it's somewhere around here. I have to delete her. And like, also. I was watching your stream, and you were like, I can't figure figure out where the folder is. And then you went back to her, and she's like. Just go to Steam and do lo- browse local files, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'll just do that." <laughs> I was like, "He actually used her instructions." That's crazy. Well, it was so interesting that after you do that, there's just like, "What did you do?" You know, like you deleted me. How could you? Blah blah blah. And like, I, being me and playing these games forever, you know, I've never felt guilty about killing a character in a video game. But the fact that I had to physically delete the file and then her freak out about it, I was just like, I felt so bad. I was just like, this is bizarre beyond bizarre. Because, you know, put fucking Call of Duty in front of me and I will mow down everybody in front of me. I mean, hell, the the Call of Duty 2 when you have to go through the airport, that didn't phase me. But this did. Oh, you mean Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't feel bad until she kind of accepted that she got deleted. And then she was like, it's just because I love you. I just wanted to be with you. And then I felt kind of bad. I was like, oh. I didn't feel bad for (laughs) any of it. I was like, for the shit that you just put me through, like, I don't care. I'm severing all these ties. No regrets. Delete. No regrets. Here's the other thing I liked about it. Because she even talks about, like, she realizes that, because she feels bad. She says she feels bad about all the things you've seen. But then she says, but I realized you have the same view as me. These people aren't real. So it doesn't matter. So it's almost like a reflection of you, kind of. Where it's like, why, like, she doesn't, you know, she knows they're not real. You know they're not real. So it shouldn't matter. But it does. You know what I mean? So if you care, then you're jacked up. But if you don't care, you're not jacked up. Maybe the other way around. (laughs) The whole thing's jacked up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's an interesting point. So then the other thing is, 
you realize at that point when you delete her to end the game because it's, she's just looping text forever. Actually, she she has like 45 minutes of text or something mm-hmm. at that point. And then she'll eventually repeat herself. But you're in, you're supposed to delete her character from the character file. And then she corrupts out and everything goes away and then comes back. The other thing is you realize I can affect these files in the folder and it'll do things in the game. So... The very next thing you probably try, if you're thinking about it, is what if I just like completely start over but delete Monica at the beginning? The cause of all the trouble, basically. Right. So we do that, and immediately Sayori realizes what's going on. Right in the very beginning, like when she runs up to you and uh, before school, and she starts flipping out because she's got, like, she she realizes what she is. And can't mm-hmm. handle it. And she just like flips out and kills herself right there. Like, <laughs> and then the game's stuck with like this creepy her swinging from, um, from a noose hanging thing. And you can't do anything about it. You got to reinstall again. Did you know if you wait on that screen for 10 minutes? I think 10 minutes. I read this. I was looking up a bunch of secret stuff. But a message shows up on screen that says now everyone can be happy. Oh, wow. Right? What? Right? I hadn't seen that. What? Fucking this game, dude. This game. <laughs> the other major thing that you can change is like you can get an alternate ending if you do all three routes before Larry kills herself. Oh. We didn't even mention every time the game like resets more or less, like after each death, the game wipes your saves. Yeah. But like it doesn't really there's like an internal save somewhere cuz it knows where you're mm-hmm. at in yeah. the progression. Cuz yeah, the interesting thing about that is you literally can't in one run romance all the girls, so you have to save scum to do it. Yeah, so But the game still knows. Yeah, so like you can you can run through romance the f- the first girl and then before you get to the point where Sayori would kill herself and the whole game would be corrupted and delete your saves, you'd load a save back to the beginning run through again but romance a different girl do that three different times to get the three different girls then let Sayori kill herself and go through the rest of the second phase and third phase and then at the end instead of Sayori going all crazy and like trying to stay with you by herself forever like basically becoming Monica um, she like says something about it was actually really sweet I, it, it was, was really good closure Mm-hmm. She says something about how she knows how hard you, must, you worked to mm-hmm. like make everybody happy and how you wanted to spend the most time with everybody and didn't leave anybody out. And I was like, oh. And then it kind of ends without without Monica like destroying everybody. I think it does if I remember at the correctly. very end. It runs the scripts to delete everything. It, just, it doesn't do it while, like, while the pictures are going. I think it still does the thing, though. And then after the credits, you get a nice little special message from the developer. Mm-hmm. It's like a letter talking about how they're glad that you enjoyed the game so much to to go find all the secrets and all that. Yeah. One of my favorite well, endings my- is that in that on the, when you start the third sequence right after Monica brings everybody back, but Monica's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. add Monica's file back in, you get a little ending where she's like, quit bringing me back. And quit playing with my heart. I don't want to be here. And then it <gasps> quits out. That's I didn't a really good know one. that. You didn't, know, you didn't see that one? Oh. I didn't. I like that one. It's really good. That is really good. 
So I guess my biggest question for you guys is that in terms of the, obviously we're talking about how this game is great on many aspects, but is it more just the wall-breaking aspect of the game or is it more the secret things that you can kind of manipulate in the game once you realize what it is that makes it so good? Let's I think, I th- yeah, I think those two are the are one and the same. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the, just the so game, it's... unique. Yes. And I feel like everything in the game serves a very good purpose to like set up different moments. Like the whole first two hour section is all just set up for these huge payoffs later. It really is. Well, because what's really cool, and I I don't think I've mentioned this so much here, but because those first two hours are so generic, you get used to kind of the language of visual novels, more or less, where it's like, here's where the text bot goes here. Here's how the girls stand. Right. You know, this is how this game and all the other visual novels anyone's ever played work. But then it just starts messing with it. Mm-hmm. Like at one point, this was a small thing, but it freaked me the fuck out. Monica just stands in front of the text box. Yes. And it's like, I need you to step back right now. <laughs> <laughs> you are freaking me out. Get back behind that. That and the one where she slowly fades in in front of Yuri. Like horrifying. Oh, oh God. Terrifying. Yeah. So good. Little things like like she takes you aside at one point to say like you shouldn't have seen something or something like that. And she takes you aside out into the hallway outside of the literature club classroom. And the music that's like just the background music for the game is like muffled like it's still contained in the room. room. Can we talk about how great the sound design for this game was? It's very good. Oh, Oh, can I also mention, did anyone buy the soundtrack? I think I told Caleb and Alex this. The song that plays when you walk in on Sayori is called Sayonara. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> wow. So good. Got him. Absolutely amazing. Uh, it's it's just all of it, I think. It's all these little tiny things that add up to this to me, crazy thing least... that's just like nothing that you've ever seen. It just subverts all of your expectations. It's the real yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. To yeah, like... me, at least, it's like the base game is really good, but then that depth is there if you want to look for it. You know right. what I mean? Like, because I think the game itself is why it's so good, but then being able to go in and be like, oh, wow, there's also this and that and this and that just adds to it. It's just like perfect decision making in the design process. Like, if mm-hmm. they had wanted to make it more accessible and like cut the first part down to like 20 minutes or something. So that people would like power through it and get to the cool stuff. Like it just wouldn't have been as impactful at all. Well, it's like, did anyone play Pony Island? I think Caleb, you did at least last yeah. year. Yeah. It's a similar game where there's a demonic like arcade machine, but it doesn't keep up the pretense at all. It just dives right in. Yeah. Which is fine, but it definitely loses a lot of that impact of, oh my God, here's what's really going on. And it was there the whole time. Oh, yeah. I think the biggest takeaway for me is when I started playing this game, well, I was about an hour and 20 minutes in, just absolutely freaking hating it. I was thinking <laughs> in the back of my mind, literally all of you are going to owe me a you-need-to-play-this-game token that I can use on you to play something <laughs> that I love that you would hate. And you know what? At this point, <laughs> Destiny. No, no tokens. I'm good. I think the game sold me on it. So well played, all of you. Gotcha. It blows my mind that this is free to play too. Uh, yeah. No. Oh yeah. And I the think best, that's a huge part of why so many people have played it and and like uh, reviewed it on Steam because it has an absurd amount of reviews. 
and best really advertisement good. slash trailer for a premiering developer. Mm-hmm. For it's real, true. like whatever they put out next is going to be successful on the back of this. Like, mm-hmm. and they can charge pretty much like they could charge like thirty dollars for some indie well, game. I'm sure which is kind of expensive for an indie game. Well, I'm sure they'll charge. They'll still charge like fifteen, twenty dollars. But the thing is, is that they'll have such a large like player base that will pay I didn't that really price. even think about it until you said it but yeah it's just like a huge advertisement for their next project yeah like at that point it's like 15 20 bucks for something else as fucking mind fuckingly crazy oh, yeah. as that the other thing is like how do you how do you do another game as a developer that is now known as this developer that just like takes something and twists it to something it's not well, it's I like, mean, you like you're going to expect- be looking for it, right? Yeah, you have the expectation of it. Like th- those of you that did um, whatever the frog game is, the second one, frog, frog fraction, frog, frog fraction, frog fractions too. Yeah, how did you <laughs> feel about that versus the first one? Not, an, I mean, a the game's just not nearly as good, in my opinion. It's not. Also, it's like you you didn't. So maybe the first person that found it was like, "Holy crap, this is amazing." But like that's not how the like mass majority of people found Frog Factions Two. You found it because you read it online. Like, hey, Glitterman Grove is Frog Factions Two. Well, and additionally, and you're like, oh, well, I gotta go see it. So then you look for it, and you're like, oh, that's how you activated it. Cool, whatever. Right. Well, and additionally, when the first one came out, right? Like, even I didn't play Frog Factions until last year. So it's not like I was out looking for that game, and when people told me that it was a game that wasn't what it looked to be, you're kind of just like, okay, sure, whatever you say. And then you play it and it's completely different. But having that understanding, like in this case, having the understanding of what Doki Doki is, when you have the expectation of their next game that comes out, either they need to change that expectation into something different and deliver a completely different game or be able to capitalize on what that is. And I don't think it'll have to be like completely different. They're just going to have to be really freaking good. Like the only thing I can think of to compare is um, Mr. Robot season one and season two. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because season one happens and they have some frick. I don't know if you guys have watched the show at all. Yeah. But there's an incredible, amazing twist that just like kind of makes the whole season and it's towards the end of the, the season. And I'm just like, there's no way, like this show is really good, but there's no way they could ever live up to that moment again. Like they've, they've now changed my expectations for what they're trying to do. And there's just, no, I would see it coming at this point. Season two happens, completely takes me off guard again. There's another huge, amazing, awesome moment. And I'm like, I don't even know how they made me look the other direction when they were doing this. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I would, I would say that it's you know the M Night Shyamalan thing is that you're either going to do something that everyone's going to see and it's going to bust in your face, or you're going to do something that no one expects and all of a sudden they're like, oh man, this twist is so good. See, so that almost exactly ties up with M Night Shyamalan thing because the early M Night Shyamalan everybody really liked and enjoyed, and then as mm-hmm. he continued directing, you realized what to expect. And so you started not liking his movies more and more. Now, granted, he also <laughs> sucked at making movies after probably The Village. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say so, that. So, um, with the exception of Lady in the Water. I like Lady in the Water, and some people do, some people don't. So Unbreakable is in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Mm. Yeah, it's my favorite superhero really movie. 
And listen, since we've been talking about Doki Doki for 51 minutes, I oh, feel yeah. like we should, it. It we should more, probably, really, but... I know, I know, <laughs> we should probably pause and go over to the other portion of what we're going to talk about, which is not nearly as good of a game, but I feel like we need to give Frank some space here. <laughs> <Damn>! <laughs> so Frank, tell us about Destiny 2. How, how have you been enjoying it? Or does it suck <laughs> in comparison to the original Destiny? Nah, man, I've talked about Destiny enough on this podcast. I want to hear y'all praise about it so I can really? shit all over your worlds. <laughs> when did oh you my. bring up Destiny? This isn't sounding <laughs> familiar. It must have been like a passing reference, right? What yeah. is Destiny? Yeah. It's like um, Fate. It's like a MOBA. Here's World's First Speed MOBA? This is my biggest thing about Destiny. Is I cannot believe Caleb MOBA. still plays it. It's yeah, literally right? like all the things that he hates. First-person shooters, grinding for gear. Oh, what makes you think I hate first-person shooters? That I do not hate. Grinding like for one gear, of his primary genres. I do hate. <laughs> yeah, grinding for gear you hate, but that's like a huge part of this game, so I don't know how... That's but, not at all why I play this game. Not I in think, any way. Like, the reason, the reason why, like, the, the grind is there is just because Bungie has got, somehow made... They have the secret sauce... To just making a game that controls and feels it just feels good when you play it like melees like shooting all of it just you're like when you get a headshot with a hand cannon like i remember the first time i heard jake shoot a guy in the head with a hand cannon you're like yeah this will work <laughs> like <laughs> like when you do it it just it just feels good it responds so well like you get into all and i don't like even the, know what it is about it like, I can't specifically articulate how firing a gun in Play, Destiny is different right. from firing a gun in, like, some right. other game. Play Destiny 2 for two hours, and then go and play Borderlands 1, or even Borderlands mm -hmm. 2. And you're just like, these controls feel clunky, like, the shooting doesn't feel super great. But you can't, like, narrow down exactly what it is. But I want to hear your guys' thoughts on <laughs> Destiny 2. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. I want to hear you guys say one thing. Hey, I have a lot to say about that. Well, that's no. the thing. I do have a lot to say about it. But I feel like it would take forever. So I want to hear well, your, you guys talk about it. You know Since me, you... I, love, I love the grind. Because I'm a huge Diablo fan. And I would still go back and play Diablo 3 if people would play it with me. And, and a large Halo fan. Yeah, huge Halo fan. Um... I never played the first Destiny, so I didn't come in with expectations. Um, game, I guess, I would say the same thing. It's kind of blowing me out of the water. Uh, not, not in terms of story, maybe, because I feel like there's... And I haven't played the raid yet, so I feel like currently I'm just missing some elements that I think should be there. Um, I felt like the single-player campaign playthrough was good, but at the same time, the ending was kind of like, uh... I don't know how um, you can say the story's not good. When the poop man gets the guy, <laughs> <laughs> touched my heart. Oh, oh, remember shit. when his mask finally fell off? Yeah, and apparently he died after that. <laughs> Unclear. Yeah. But he yeah. certainly falls down. Outside of that, I think the you know I think the big thing with the the sort of um, grinding to get gear in this game. One of the things they've done a good job of is just they keep everybody at the same level with things like uh, Crucible. Um, so no matter what you're at, you granted there are gun differences clearly, but um, as long as you can play at a certain level, then you can play with those people. Whereas if you tried to go do that in Diablo, 
or just even do a run through of something like that that's grinding there's no way or even uh, in the even in the first game uh, a lot of the the competitive activities in destiny 1 did unlock your 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 light level your you're like power oh. level basically so they were level so, tied instead of just being level neutral right there was like certain modes that were like that right and then yeah, the others that the, were like destiny 2 that are evened out right right regular regular competitive where you just want to go with your buddies and play just like whatever everything was everyone was on a level playing field but in like things like trials of osiris or like trials of the nine in in destiny 2 or like iron banner was like yo your light level matters now it wasn't like a, a huge difference but you could definitely tell when like you're dumping into some guy and suddenly he just like turns around and like shoots you you're like that guy's a lot higher level than i am i think additionally one of my other things that i am excited about in this game is whatever these guided games are super excited to find out about that oh my god what a novel concept guided games super freaking novel i've heard guided horrible games. things about guided games yeah what yeah. are you talking about? Like, I don't understand. So, Guided Games is is their matchmaking, essentially. Like, oh. the first game didn't have matchmaking in it. So, oh. so you could, so they, like, they play brought out raids this... with random people? Yeah. So, they got this whole system of, like, we, we want to do Guided Games, which is, like, a fancy word for they, they want to, like, make good matchmaking. Mm. Like... Like, they don't want to match you with, like, random people that are going to be, like, different from your skill level or, like, not like friendly like they're using like clans a lot for it and stuff like that yeah it's, it's just it's clans. just match yeah like, it's just matchmaking well, it, though but it also looks like to me like on uh, like if you go to do look at the um, nightfall or strike and it has the guided games in the corner it talks right. about like the different ways you can enter one being like someone who's directing the guided game and one being for someone who's playing the guided game yeah Did nobody so, see that okay Wasn't yeah you can either. you get your clan and your your clan mates and you need like an extra to fill a slot so you sign up to be like guiding the guided game, like you're going to be running the raid, and then like a random solo player that doesn't have any friends is like, I need friends to play the raid, so get me get me in there, and that's kind of like how it works. Alex, you should go do guided games. <laughs> no, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> so, the, like I've heard horrible things about that though. Like you sign up to join a party and. It takes a really long time to get a party, and yeah. you can't do anything while you're waiting. So you just have to kind of sit there, and then it only gives you like 10 seconds to accept or something like that when you actually does find it. So if you walk away to go to the bathroom for a second or something and you miss it, you just have to like queue up again for another hour or something. Yeah, like honestly, that system does not work, and you're still better off to just go to destinytracker.com, go into the LFG section, and find some people. Which is what you had to do in the first game if you didn't know anybody. Which which the raids are, are like, they're six guardians, six people. You You need six people. You can't, I mean, people have done it with less, but, like, if you're just going in having not done it before, you absolutely need six people. And it's like a large time commitment and it's extremely difficult. And a lot of the times they fail because people get frustrated that, you know, they're not making progress or somebody sucks or they suck or, you know, they're not, they're not doing right. And so like the whole thing is just very touchy. But like for, for me, the, 
I <clears throat> I really enjoy Destiny 2. I I love the the first Destiny so much and I really like this game too. I still got beef with it. There are a lot of things that were in Destiny 1 right at the very end where sort of Bungie made good on all the things that they had done bad that just aren't in Destiny 2. And I feel like that's not only like a bit of Bungie's sort of lack of hubris in being like they're fucking Bungie, they made Halo, but also Activision, the contract that they have with Activision that says they have to release some form of product related to Destiny once a year. And so since they had already delayed Destiny 2 by a year with some DLC, it, they still weren't ready because they had to redesign the whole engine and all that stuff. But the thing that I've been doing lately has been playing with you guys. And for me, Destiny's just like a social game. I don't really like to play it uh, too much by myself anymore unless I want to like experiment with some crazy loadout or, or whatever. And it's just got a, it's a real good game for that because like Jake was like, oh, I don't want to join you guys because you guys are doing something. We we're like, nah, man, it's cool. There's plenty, there's like plenty of stuff to do. Like there's always something for somebody to do. And, and it's like good for that. This is why yeah, it's really, this is, really, this is why I wanted, wanted you guys to just talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I'll just talk forever. It's really easy to just pick up and play. Like it is not a ton of Yeah, you can play it for like, like baggage. You can play it for hours, you can play it for like half an hour. Frank, he was trying to talk and then you just literally <laughs> Sorry. <over>. Yeah, it's <laughs> fun to play. Yeah, it's really to fun to play and uh, you could just take it and you can you know Except Sorry. for like when we get serious in like trials <laughs> or something. And that's also really fun because you're like, All right, everybody just like switch their mindset. We're going super hardcore competitive we gotta beat these nerds the only other and game i have felt more destroyed in than playing the trials of the nine and <laughs> destiny is dota right <laughs> it's the only other game i've ever felt like that when i'm just like literally i'm being so outplayed right now that i don't even know that i know how to play this game <laughs> i clearly do not understand the concept of what i'm doing in this game right now and it's not even like oh that's that's so bs that that they got lucky because they did this or that it's like, no, totally. They had better positioning yep. on us. They got, you know, better aiming to yeah, they hit our heads. <laughs> yeah, like, they, have, they have better mechanical skills. Like, they totally knew how to play what objectives they wanted to play. and You know, I would agree. I rarely feel like that I encounter a any sort of battle, one-on-one -on -one or as a group, that we something happens where we're like, all right, that was something's bugged out, something's wrong. That shouldn't have happened that way. Most of the time, it's literally exactly what you said. Well, we just got beat. Like, I messed up, and I put myself into a bad position, or I engaged with, like, half health. No, 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 they no. Were just it's always better. Alex and I who put ourselves in bad positions. <laughs> you it's can kill always in the like... back shooting people with a freaking handgun from who knows where. I think you're shooting around <laughs> a corner or something. And I'm like, I can't even see the guy, and I'm getting shot. Yeah, and then it's like... I hit that guy like four times. He's on like one tick of health. I super want this kill. And then like you take out, you take like five steps forward to see around a corner and then like eight people shoot you, even though there's only four people on an enemy team. <laughs> <laughs> 
and so you just get lit up and you're like, I really should not have stepped into their territory where they have all these sight lines in this area. Like I should have just played it safe. And specifically but, that really feels like that in trials of the nine. Um, yeah. In case you haven't but then played trials of the nine like, is like, it's like a, it's like yeah. a, a, a constant map. Um, you play the same game type, the same map over and over and over. Uh, and basically try to gain, are they, what are they called? Tickets? Tokens. It's on, it's on you your a, ticket. You have a trials okay. ticket. Oh, you have a ticket. Oh, okay. And then you have like scratches, I guess. Right. You have like wins and losses. And you get more, uh, you just basically get more rewards the more consecutive wins you have. Right. Uh, and those happen at three, five, and seven. Is that I correct? Yes. Okay. So you're trying to get seven consecutive wins without losing one, but you can lose up to three and then still get some stuff. So, you, yeah. So you can, so when you go seven and oh, which is you know flawless you get gear that is like the flawless version of that gear it's different it looks different it has like different qualities to it and people will look at you and they'll recognize it and they'll know how cool you are yeah and they're and like you oh, feel dang. good about yourself i clearly don't know what i'm doing in destiny like one week that. that we went flawless you also get an aura for going flawless and in, in trials yeah it's just like a halo thing that sits above your head and glows and then like when i got that i just went and stood around the tower <laughs> <laughs> and everybody flaunt. could see how cool i was I had to show off have not been able to reach that since but like, even at the same time even if like this like super hyper competitive uh sort of stuff isn't your cup of tea there's still like a lot of stuff in destiny that that you could still like yeah and even like, as a solo I, player I, yeah like doing things like um, public events are actually really cool. I, like that's one of the only reasons I would still play solo at this point. Is just going in and doing a whole bunch of public events, um, or doing. Uh, sometimes I'll do this adventures on solo. You know, just go tackle something by myself. It's just kind of fun. The adventures but... are great. The other day, I just spent like half an hour running in a circle in Trossland, just headshotting like creeps, essentially like like people that I could shoot in one one shot, one kill. That felt so good. I was just like, yeah, this is nice. That freaking pop. No stress, just like popping dudes right in their head. A little yellow number pops up that has like a whole bunch of digits, and you're like, oh man, I did a lot of damage to that guy. He's dead in one shot. Caleb, what about you? We haven't heard anything from
This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer, A-M-A-I-R. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Also, this week's podcast was again brought to you by Reclaim Industrial, a small but amazing shop of makers, designers, and fabricators based out of Bluemont, Virginia. You can check out their website at www.reclaimindustrialwithane.com. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.